this is certainly much bigger, much more important, much more powerful than anything we've seen before. Yeah, well, there's lots to do, but this is just the start. It's been really inspiring to me to come here and see the energy. I mean, for me, the huge optimism and hope that comes from the mobilisation of people and the momentum that's created um, is, is palpable. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sustainable Business Covered podcast. The time is 10 past 10 on Friday the 20th of September 2019 and ED's content editor Matt Mace, that's me, and reporter Sarah George. Say hi Sarah. Hiya. Uh, we're standing at Millbank in central London. Um, to our right we have a kind of big grey bus that's been draped with a red banner saying climate strike over it. We've got some speakers hanging down of it and to our left we've got a crowd of young students, um, maybe even a few business representatives that are ready to take part in the global day of climate strikes. And a dog. Oh, where's the dog? We just seen it around there. Oh, I think I missed that. Okay, and a dog as well. Um, so good to see that all species are taking part. So. Since the first school climate strike was held by teenage activist Greta Thunberg in August 2018, what started out as a solo protest in Sweden's parliament has grown into a global phenomenon. More than 70,000 children and young adults across 270 towns and cities globally have been walking out of their schools, colleges and universities every Friday since February this year. To date, the biggest strike was held on 15th of March that garnered the support of more than 1.4 million students across 112 countries. But this week's strike is due to be even more well attended, largely due to the fact that businesses and individuals and adults have been encouraged to get involved at scale for the first time. So, Sarah, um, for, those, for those that have visited the site this morning, firstly they would have been you know, welcomed by a rather garishly green pop-up, um, which you can describe in a minute, but you wrote an article yesterday that actually a lot of businesses are getting involved in the Global Day of Climate Strikes today. Um, yeah, so the list has been growing, although a lot of the emails have been from who I'd describe as the usual suspects. Yes. Um, sort of the activist brands you'd expect to get involved. Um, ben and Jerry's, who have also run campaigns um, about the prison system in America and about onshore wind in Europe. Um, Lush and Patagonia, both very well known for brand activism. Um, and some of the other businesses we've heard from are Allbirds, the B Corp that produces sneakers, um, Pucker Herbs Tea Company, um, Soda Stream, Toast Ale, and Seventh Generation. Um, and I also got an email rounding up sort of what this looks like on a global picture. Um, it's estimated that more than 1,000 businesses will be taking part worldwide that's of all sizes and all sectors, but tech and retail seem to be really representing. Interesting, a thousand is pretty much a drop in the ocean when you compare things, but it is good to see that this is starting to make uh, movements. Um, and ED, of course, will be at the heart of all of this, so not only uh, are myself and Sarah taking part in these strikes today, where we'll be bringing you exclusive interviews from those who attended, um, we are additionally supporting the strike digitally. Um, as I mentioned earlier, those of you who have uh, attempted to get on the site this morning may have been greeted by a nice big pop-up banner declaring that we um, are taking part in a digital climate strike. Sarah, do you want to um, give a bit more background on that? Yes, so um, from yesterday, if you've been on the website, um, firstly, thank you very much for reading all the stuff <laughs> that I write every day. Um, you will have seen a banner at the bottom urging you to get involved with the climate strikes and saying that we are getting digitally involved. 
Um, from the early hours of this morning, that has evolved a complete wraparound of the site. So you'll have been greeted instead of the normal homepage um, with a green banner saying we're involved with the digital climate strike. Learn more about it here. Um, think about think about changing up your morning and taking part. Um, to get past that, there's a little cross out at the top corner um, where you can exit and read our content, um, which we decided not to put out of bounds. Mm. Um, the day I know a lot of retailers have done this and maybe some websites um, but considering that the purpose of the content is to empower sustainable business and drive action towards the same aims that are being touted here as the strike um, we went for that option instead. It sounds like there was some music starting there's a guy of a whistle that won't be quiet which I suppose is the purpose of today as well so I think it's about time now that the crowds are gearing up that we attempt to um, go off and find some members of the UK Student Climate Network. Uh, hopefully we can grab some time with them and they can explain the reasons. They're, they're here today, so watch this space. Hi there, I'm Chris Baker from Keep Cup. Essentially, it's, uh, we make reusable coffee cups, but more than that, we're um, we're campaigning for a change in convenience culture, really trying to get people to consider uh, the choices they make. Um, if they can disregard single-use items, that's great, but can they go one step further and question convenience altogether? See, we've heard a lot about what Keep Cup are doing on the consumer front, but what about on the business front, and particularly with being here at the strikes today? Yeah, so Keep Cup, we, we would certainly consider ourselves um, a responsible business. We've long um, considered all of the impacts throughout our business. Um, socially, environmentally, we're actually um, one of the, a registered B Corps uh, globally, which means that we look at all of our practices beyond profit as well. And it's, it's sort of important for us that we embed those values not just into to our, our infrastructure, but into the people that we employ. Encouraging everyone to come out and strike today, um, it gives them a broader breadth of you know the issue, gets them out there, encourages them to bring their families out there as well, and really just reinforces the fact that it's not just individual change that we need to see, but businesses getting behind that as well if we want to make a bigger impact. And, and what can you do amongst your organisation to ensure that once the strike's finished, once once uh, your staff and, and their kids they go back to their everyday job, that this, this resonates and sticks with them? You know, it, for us it's, it is as much about embedding the values that we're trying to bestow upon, upon the consumers that buy our products into our own business values. So that can be as much as how you encourage people to come into work, um, so from, from transport, from what we consume in the office, and just keep doing that on a daily basis, keep talking about it, keeping the conversation alive, keep also, um, you know, keep getting better at it, keep questioning things and keep moving it on. Great, and obviously, you know, reusable is one of the big impacts that um, the everyday citizen can, can do to start, you know, limiting their environmental impact. Chris, uh, it's been great speaking to you. I um, appreciate that there's a lot going on. You'd think for striking it'd be quite easy, but there's a lot of organisational process going on, so I'm sure you're quite a busy man, so I'll let you go on, but thank you for speaking with us. No problem. Thank you very much. Cheers. So, as promised, we have managed to hook up with our friends at Greenhouse PR, um, who are connecting us with some of the students that are here, and we have our first one. Um, so, just to ask, kind of like a speed dating question is it who are you are who are you where do you come from what do you study and why are you here i'm anna taylor i'm 18 i'm the co-founder of uk student climate network and youth strike for climate uk um, i'm studying english lit and history at newcastle university and i'm from north london 
Fantastic. And then a lot of what we're hearing about this is for policy change and how changing culture and changing curriculums are making people more aware of this. So when did this climate awareness journey start for you? When did this start becoming something that you were really thinking about? I've always been interested in climate change and you know I first went to my first environmental protest when I was 13 I lied to my parents and said I was revising at the library and I went to a Greenpeace protest so I guess I was predicting the future of that one um, and then 1st of December 2018 I was at a climate protest and we were talking about how the Australian students had gone out on strike and we started talking about um, why the UK wasn't going on strike yet so I set up a Facebook page um, a few people started following it and then we just shared that and we had 15,000 out on our first youth strike on the 15th of February. Um, so then it all grew from there. Hello. No, it seems to have really taken off exponentially, um, but we're hearing a lot about this strike in particular, that it is a week long, that adults and businesses have been asked to give their backing and we're seeing them doing that and that it's right before the UN Climate Summit. There's a general mood that this one is a bit different from what's been before. This is certainly much bigger, much more important, much more powerful than anything we've seen before. Um, this is the student strikers calling on the public to join them, but also it's very important for businesses not only to support us, but also to make the changes themselves because corporations are incredibly, um, they hold a large amount of responsibility when it comes to climate change. And we're calling on them to accept that responsibility and make the changes that we urgently need. And, and on those changes, those, those calls, a lot of our audience are companies that are trying to achieve a sustainable future, but okay. broadly speaking, um, they're pretty much a drop in the ocean. What, what are your kind of main messages that you would give to businesses that the changes they can start introducing that can help really you know, push the climate battle? Um, I mean, it largely depends on the business um, and on the type of business, depending on what they can do. But I would say that every single business can do more and every single business should be doing more. We all have things we can improve on, like I can improve my lifestyle changes um, and businesses should be working together um, to help raise awareness and also to help encourage other businesses that haven't yet considered the impact they're having on the environment to also make those changes. Looking ahead to 2020, if 2019 was the kind of year of the climate strikes and the year this all got mobilised, what's your big kind of wish for, for 2020? Um, that 2020 will be the year of the global strikes. You know, we've been school striking for a year in 2019 and now it's time for the public to come out and strike with us every single month. So we've actually now departed the humdrum of, of Millbank and the central striking area for a bit. Uh, the UK Green Building Council has informed us that they're unveiling a few new programmes uh, for its members of the built environment um, and as a result they are going to be taking part uh, in the strike. So we've kind of got uh, built environment construction sectors, I can see some uh, architects already outside of the building centre near Tottenham Court Road. Um, and. We're outside there right now and we're joined by uh, the UK GBC's Chief Executive, Julie Hiragoyen. So, Julie, thank you so much for, for allowing us to come here today. Um, do you mind explaining to our, to our listeners exactly what is going on here today? Absolutely. Um, it's really exciting. So we want to use the global climate strikes happening today as a wake-up call for the built environment industry. Um, we're really, really keen to support and challenge and empower our members and other built environment businesses to set more challenging targets um, around their carbon emission trajectories and um, to, to support them in that we're launching a new 
website today, which we're calling our Climate Commitment Platform, um, which uh, will showcase and categorise the headline carbon targets of many of our members. So uh, we've already got 20 of our members on there. We want to get to hundreds as soon as possible. Um, and it really sort of uh, helps them to look at the scopes and the different levels of influence that they might have around the different types of emissions. So it's moving them beyond stuff that's in their direct control, really trying to get them to think about, um, you know, tenant emissions, supply chain emissions, value chain and so on. And alongside that, we're launching a uh, climate leadership model. Um, which we're, um, we, which have huge amounts of input from different industry bodies, professional associations and institutes. Um, and that really categorises for different subsectors, so for architects, for contractors, for developers and house builders, for investors, what does leadership look like, what should they be targeting and why. Um, so we're really hoping that those will help many of these organisations, particularly the businesses, to set more challenging and ambitious targets, more stretching commitments, um, and we'll be there to support them in their journey. No, and we've been covering a lot of what UKGBC has been doing over the past year and things that stand out is a lot of mobilising action and starting discussions on things that the government are finally taking seriously, quite frankly, namely net zero and biodiversity yeah. um, review. Do you have like an update on that or more information on how yeah. that's been going? Well, obviously we're delighted that the government announced the net zero carbon target by 2050 back a, a few months ago. Um, we were involved in um, supporting that, so many of our members, leaders, uh, wrote into government to the Prime Minister at the time um, and supported that. So that was a real, um, real achievement from our, our point of view. Now what we need are clear long-term policy frameworks that provide a much longer-term view, particularly for investors and developers, to be able to ratchet up their ambitions over time. Obviously, this kind of asset is a has a hugely long life cycle, and it's really, really crucial that they set their targets well in advance. So things like minimum energy efficiency standards, upcoming review of building regulations, uh, we've got things like the, uh, you know, the future home standard coming in in 2025. We want all of that to point towards net zero as soon as possible and we like the World Green Building Council and many other green building councils around the world are calling for all new buildings to be net zero carbon in operation by 2030 and all existing buildings to be net zero carbon in operation by 2050 and we'll soon be coming out with quite aggressive targets um, on embodied carbon as well uh, in order to get us to that net zero position. And obviously these are really great resources for anyone that is a member of the council, um, but there will be people that are listening that aren't. And you mentioned a lot of areas where people can ramp up ambition there, um, long-termism, net zero, encompassing things like biodiversity as well. So do you have a general rallying call for anyone else that might be listening today? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, just to be clear, as a charity, all of our um, outputs are open source. So right. actually, members and non-members have free to access them. We try to push them out. One of our strategic objectives is to get them well beyond our membership um, and really to penetrate what we call the mainstream industry. Um, so we're really, really keen for as many uh, professionals as possible to download them. And I would say, given the nature of your audience at ED, given that it's pan-industry, what's really, really important to transform this market like any other is the market demand and so what we need is corporates across all you know shapes and sizes and sectors to commit to net 
zero carbon buildings in order for the built environment industry to respond to that. Um, so of course we're calling for leadership within the built environment sector because those are our members but actually we really really want um, businesses wide and far to, to commit to that. I haven't mentioned, you, you mentioned a couple of times biodiversity, that's hugely important from a, both a climate resilience point of view, a health and well-being, um, you know, quality of life, it's really really crucial. So we are soon going to be launching a sort of sector-wide ambition um, for uh, by 2030, what do we need to see in terms of climate resilience and um, particularly kind of nature-based solutions to some of those uh, challenges? That adaptation piece is really critical and it brings in the whole nature and biodiversity piece as well. So we'll be trying to mobilise the industry to, to achieving that as well. Yeah, I can see a, a sign behind you actually that says uh, declaring our climate and biodiversity emergency, which is good to see because yeah. it can often be left off the uh, agenda in the discussion point. Um, this is the biggest day of global climate strikes so far, probably not going to be the last though. Um, for, for our audience listening at home, how, how do you suggest that they engage with these strikes? Not just to take part, but ensure that once the strikes are over, they the message sticks? Yes, I think that's a really good and important question, because otherwise they can leave you feeling a bit sort of despondent afterwards. I mean, for me, the huge optimism and hope that comes from the mobilisation of people and the momentum that's created um, is is palpable and I think that the, the trick after that is to use that in, uh, in persuasive ways to actually shift um, business priorities and decision making. I think again businesses across all sectors should be taking heed of what future generations are asking of them um, today. So I think it's not just about the sort of the strike moment, it's about feeling that kind of public concern and actually recognising that as customers, as future prospective employees, as parents, they're going to be asking for something different from the marketplace. So businesses need to respond to that. Um, built environment businesses, as, as well as any other, you know, millennials will make up something like 50% of our workforce by next year. This is what they're asking for. So this is our this is our marketplace now, and that's that's what we need to um, respond to. I think urgently. Well, it's great to see the responses in place, and I appreciate it. it's quite a busy day for, for you in the UK UBC. So we won't keep you much longer. But Julie, thank you uh, so much for seeing us, and we can see a few familiar susty faces in the crowd. So we're going to grab some time with them. But thank you, Julie. Thank you very much. Thanks. Good luck. Yes, yeah, so still here at the building centre and looking around, more and more familiar faces are materialising in the crowd, which has grown from architects to so much more. We've even got kids getting involved. There's a big hourglass, we've been told, that's going to be set up um, as a visual representation of the fact that time is running out and the time is now. Um, and taking the time to join us now, I've got Duncan Price, who is um, Director of Sustainability at Bureau Happold. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, yeah, good to speak to you and the reason that I thought that you'd be good to speak to is because the website today for your company, very, very bold, um, it has this really striking climate message on it, on top of everything else it says, how are you making a difference? Um, so if you could just sort of introduce the business, what it's doing and how you're spreading that message today. Absolutely, um, and thanks for asking us to, to come along. Um, well, we're well involved with UKGBC on lots of fronts. We've been part of the push for net zero carbon buildings uh, through the steering group there and defining what net zero carbon buildings look like in the UK. And we realise that as a business, this is absolutely the future and we've got to be aligning our core principles and purpose with addressing the climate emergency. So today we've got around 1800 people across 23 global offices all spending at least half a day 
addressing climate change, whether that's coming on the strike or taking part in design sprints, coming up with new tools and techniques. We've got about 80 people from our London office who are just on the way right now to come and join us outside the building centre and, and we want to make our voices heard. Yeah, no, and you mentioned there the importance of that for your own business um, and obviously as doing consultancy design planning, um, I'd imagine that comms is equally as important. So are you seeing this taking off among sort of people that are involved in your business in that way as well? Yeah, we've got everybody involved with the business. I mean, everybody from structural engineers, building services engineers, the communications team, the marketing team, the, uh, all the business services. I mean, it, literally everybody's been involved with it, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, this is a key part of, of what we're doing is around articulating the business case for action on climate change and ensuring there's a, a, a sort of call to arms and really uh, galvanising action and so events like this today uh, are important for, for everybody to engage with, not just sustainability engineers. And you've mentioned there a phrase that we use a lot, which is building the business case. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that a bit. Have you seen those sort of conversations change over the past few years? We've had companies tell us that investors are more keen to hear about this, or it's part of client specifications, perhaps. We're seeing, for the first time, I think, alignment of public and private um, briefs around climate change. I mean, I, arguably it's been driven by the, the publication of the IPCC report that says we've only got 10 years left to, to hit one and a half degrees. C40 Cities did some really important research that showed that 40% of climate action and the Paris Agreement can be delivered in cities. And now we're getting 22 mega cities all around the world have signed up to net zero carbon buildings. We've got 270 local authorities in the UK that said this is where we're heading and declared climate emergencies. And now we're getting uh, our corporate clients, developers, universities, all saying they want to get to net zero by 2030, which is absolutely fantastic. So we see a very strong drive from clients, but we've also been supporting uh, development of that business case. Um, in about two weeks' time, we're just launching some work at the C40 Cities Mayor's Conference in Copenhagen, uh, which basically looks at the social, economic, environmental co-benefits of, of climate action. So I think that, that business case is now moving to an imperative. I mean, everybody just gets it, but they need to keep working with their internal stakeholders to, to get project briefs where we need them to be. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time. I know we've got a few other people here that we need to get around to. It's really filling up here, isn't it? It's going to be really good. I think it's going to be massive, actually. And I'm so excited to see UK property construction development industry taking their, taking their time and playing their part in, in what is you know, a really significant day. Well, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate you must be hectic today. Yeah, well, there's lots to do, but this is just the start. Great, so next on our quick whip round here at the building centre where the crowd has literally mounted to definitely more than 100 people um, is Melanie Leach who is the Chief Executive of the British Property Federation. How are you doing? I, I am doing great and it's fantastic to see so many people from our industry turning out to support uh, action in support of climate change and tackling it and doing something about it because it's really important. We know that the built environment you know, makes a significant contribution to carbon emissions so we have a huge responsibility and it's clear from the crowd here today that people take that really seriously. And we were just talking off recording about the, um, the Federation's approach on getting your employees involved in, in that as well, so how's that working for you guys today? 
Yes, so obviously I'm here myself and I've encouraged all my staff either to come here and join the industry colleagues or to do something at home in their local communities where many people will be passionate and want to get their kids involved. So it's their choice, but I hope to see as many of them out there supporting today as possible. And something that stands out about the Federation and what it does, perhaps more than an individual businesses, is collaborating with the government on some of this as well. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what that's been like through the process in getting Net Zero legislated and now how we go beyond that with, with this activism and more. Yes, our role is to work with government to uh, encourage the twin track approach. So there are lots that the industry is doing voluntarily, but also at times we need regulation and we need clear leadership from government to set out a route map. And if we're going to get to net zero carbon by 2050, they need to set that route map out. But actually, many of our members are already committing themselves to be much more ambitious than that, and that's great to see. No, and you mentioned a route map. What, what are some of the big asks on that that, that um, form part of that? Yeah, we need to see the right incentives in place, um, particularly to tackle our existing stock of buildings. You know, new buildings, I think uh, it's much easier. It's not easy, but it's easier to plan in the kinds of changes we need to see. Um, but for existing stock, it's going to be much harder. And we also need to see real... Uh, um, drive from the government around our energy supplies. You know, in, unless the grid goes green, it's going to be really hard for those who use it and use electricity to get to green their buildings to net zero. And something about the built environment that makes it really interesting in this respect that is also intrinsically linked to a lot of the other conversations going on. So biodiversity and social sustainability, as as well. So what would be on that hit list for what what would be dubbed by some maybe a just transition or a or an all-encompassing deal. Yeah, so you're right, we create places. So uh, we're trying to, for the future, build every part of sustainability into that, whether it's biodiversity, uh, whether it's clean energy, whether it's clean growth, uh, whether it's making places more uh, able to support people's well-being and their health and their safety. It's all part of the mix, and you very much see that integrated approach to planning in our membership. Great, well, hopefully you'll get to meet, the, meet some of them here today. I'll let you get on with that because I'm aware you must be super busy. Thank you very much. So on our last stop outside of the building centre, we have managed to grab one last person uh, to speak to. So Lara Kinnear, director of the NLA, thank you so much for joining us very briefly. Um, it seems like all the architects, all the construction firms, they are mobilising with their placards. So we will keep this very brief so you can join in. Uh, we just listened to the speech from Julie in the UK GBC around the importance of this. What did you make of that? Uh, well, it is really important. That's why we are here today. That's why the Building Centre and UKGBC have done this call out. Um, we do have a problem. We have a problem in how we're educating future architects and how we're practising. And we've got to change it very quickly. We're hearing that from all our members at NLA that um, they want to change. Sometimes they are not sure quite how to do it. So a lot of our work next year will be focused on climate change, zero carbon, uh, challenge that has recently been set and one of our key bits of research will be on long lifeless fit. How can we build buildings that will last much longer than what we are seeing at the minute because I think we've got to start now in addressing the challenges we currently have with climate but also where are we going to be in 50 years time. And I'd like to ask you about the role of these climate strikes in really raising awareness of those issues that you've rightly just pointed out. I mean, as a day of global action, and I know there's I know there's stuff happening next week as well, but how do you plan to really galvanise this and ensure that everyone within your organisation, everyone you work with, kind of keep this at the top of the agenda? Uh, it will be at the forefront of our programme going forward. Uh, it will be at the forefront of all of our conferences, whether it's the London Real Estate Forum or MIPIM. We want to make sure that um, it is everything, it's the topic that everyone's talking about. We're already hearing that from the industry. 
a lot of people are wanting to commit to it so we will enable them to do that and continue to convene people together to work out what we can do. Um, striking is one thing we can do but of course we need to get into some serious action as well um, so we want to be uncovering ways that the industry and our education system can start to change now. Um, and we'll be doing research piece that will be doing a global call out for examples from other parts of the world because I'm sure there's other places that we can learn from. Yeah, best practice is, is definitely key. I'd love to ask you more questions, but I'm wary that the car park is absolutely empty. It reminds me of when the sandwich lady shows up for lunch at our offices. Everyone just goes. So, uh, Laura, thank you so much for your time and I'll let you get on with the strikes. So wandering down the uh, streets of the strike um, towards Westminster, I, I've bumped into a familiar and friendly face. Um, Gudrun Cartwright, the Environment Director of Business and Community, is here. Gudrun, um, pleasure to speak to you again. I think last time we spoke maybe in person was probably ED Live actually earlier this year. So uh, it's nice to see you in a bit more informal setting, but still very much on the sustainability agenda. How, how's your day been so far? It's been absolutely fascinating, I, I must say. Um, it's warmed my heart to see so many people here and so many young people so passionately you know, calling for change to, to, to make their future uh, one they can flourish in. I'd like to get your opinions on why you decided that you, know, you wanted to come and be a part of the strikes. So I think for me it was about supporting young people and their call for action, understanding for myself and seeing the, the groundswell that's happening um, here today um, and to be able to sort of collect some messages that I can take back to share with my colleagues and the businesses that we work with that can help them understand why they need to take action even more. I think the message is, 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 is really important that it's not just okay we'll, we'll go on strike today and we'll get involved and then it goes back to business as usual the next day so how, how do you think you'll be able to articulate to, to, to others? So I think there's some some really clear things that have come out from the conversations that I've been having so what people have said to me is they want businesses to really prioritize this to understand that this is about them their future not just about um, it's not far away it's now so all the people that are here today are employees customers of the now and the future so how do we respond to that and that their business is at risk if they don't do anything as well so I think those messages are really coming out loud and clear and it's now how do we work with businesses to help them understand what are the really tangible, practical things they can do to make a difference. Um, it's not to say businesses are the villain in this. There's a lot doing some really good work around sustainability and CSR in general, and they clearly have a, a role in this net zero society we're trying to get to. Um, but I, I feel like the dial has shifted slightly on what responsible business is from maybe over the last 12 months because of the strikes, because of the awareness about plastic, because of just every all these growing social mega trends. So it seems like the definition of a business's role in society is, is changing, or in the community is changing. So, so what do you feel? You know a business that's taking the cereal has to have to get their own house in order? So I think I think it's really important that businesses start to commit to net zero, to put in actions to get there, to make progress quickly, to understand it's not just about cutting carbon, it's about how are we going to restore the health of nature, so what can we all do you know, in our cities and in the, the reach that we've got through our um, all the people we work with both in our supply chains and, and with our employees um, and I think you know we're seeing stuff happening more and more so yesterday 
Burger King announced that they were going to take back all the plastic toys, melt them down and create new things out of them. So real demonstration of the circular economy in action. Um, and they, they won't have any more plastic toys there. Today we saw Amazon committing to net zero by yep. 2040, um, which, for, which is a, a massive achievement. You've, as I'm walking around today, I'm seeing the architects, I'm seeing civil engineers, I'm seeing you know, medics, I'm seeing all these different professions coming together. So as the professions start to, to move and think differently, then they will begin to, to influence. But you're absolutely right, there is so much great stuff going on already. Um, and I think there's a, a, a task for business to engage in those conversations so that people can understand what they are doing, how that's making a difference and what the trajectory is and where they're aiming to get to in the future. No, I completely agree. And on that Burger King story as well, I think nine-year-old me would have cried at the idea of having my plastic toys banned, especially if I'd just watched Toy Story or, or something like that. But there's, there's, there's generally children younger than that age here who are completely aware of, of the issues around climate change and plastic, maybe not to the business level, but they know that something needs to change. And I think what you said about that these are the new workforce, these are the new consumers, is going to um, force a business hand. And if, if 2019 has probably been the year of the climate strikes, what, what would you hope to see uh, for the over the course of the next 12 months? So I think the next 12 months is going to be hugely exciting. There's, there's the, um, because it's 2020, just about to start, so we've got a big summit on biodiversity in Beijing, which should hopefully give us the same sort of targets and energy to go after as Paris did on climate. Um, it's the five-year review of the UN Global Goals, the Sustainable Development Goals, so how are we performing against those? Um, we've got 10 years left to deliver those, so I think that will happen. And then obviously the UK hosts the Climate Park in November, so I'm hoping that we'll see lots of exciting policy announcements, putting things in place to back up um, what we've already you know, uh, made the commitments to and that we'll start to see that really getting into tangible deliverables as to how we're going to shift the system um, and businesses can then understand where exactly they can play into and how they can help drive the transition at a speed and scale. If I could just say to every sort of sustainability professional who is, who is listening that who might not have made it to one of the strikes, it's been really inspiring to me to come here and see the energy and um, I would hope that you will take away real heart into the sort of work that we're all doing to, to try and push this forward and, and, and feel motivated and enthused to, to keep going. When you, when you write about climate change and, and um, SCG and how there's just these big gaps to progress, it can get a little bit um, perhaps dissuasive, but, but I think events like this really helps mobilise and motivate, so you can be right. But pleasure to speak to you, good and thank you. Thanks, Matt. So from chats with the students behind the strikes, uh, via Tottenham Court Road to talk to the, um, the architects and the built environment that's actually championing these strikes to deliver positive change, we're now in Westminster for the last part of our strike journey. Uh, myself and Sarah have been walking for a fair few hours now. Fair to say we're quite tired. Um, in fact, we can actually see some of the uh, the architects and the built environment uh, placards strolling past Westminster as we speak. Sarah, it's been a it's been a productive day. No, definitely, and definitely a change from what we're usually up to in the offices, um, and hopefully a change in what businesses are doing to approach this as well, from the looks of it. Yeah, and I would say to anyone listening, um, this won't be the last strike by any means, and I really would encourage you to let yourself and your staff and your family as well come along to one of these and really soak up the atmosphere. I wasn't quite sure 
what to expect when I got here, but it's refreshing to see such a young demographic, and it's also a mixed demographic as well. It's not just solely school children out here. Um, a lot of adults as well, all taking part, and you know, if you make a lot of noise, hopefully the message does stick, and I, I think if you absorb yourself um, and allow yourself just to get taken back by what's going on, I think some of the messages will actually stick. I, I'm already starting to reflect on some of the stuff I can be doing to help combat climate change. What about you, Sarah? No, what's, what's really getting to me um, about this here is everyone always says that's maybe a bit more reluctant to do this, oh, it doesn't add up with financing or it doesn't add up with the public, what they want. Um, this is proof that that's not the case anymore for me. Um, it ju just makes me feel like things are broadly or if not going in the same direction already, that something big is just going to come soon that will make that happen. Certainly this is indication that business as usual uh, isn't good enough and, and in, in terms of business actually I need to I need to go back and actually make this podcast live so the people listening to it can be so hopefully you'll listen to it on on the day when you're heading back from the strikes and if so thank you so much for listening and, and then a reminder um, for those listening that this podcast you can uh, like and you can subscribe um, via iTunes via Spotify via SoundCloud it's also accessible via the ED website search sustainable business covered podcast um, we'll be back in a few weeks where we have um, weirdly quite a visual podcast doesn't doesn't sound like it should work but we've, we've had tours of um, museums installations to, to get a bit of a glimpse of the future of flying and also how plastics is still very much resonating with the public so be sure to look out for that in a couple of weeks uh, but uh, for now it's a goodbye from the climate strikes from Matt and a goodbye from Sarah. Goodbye.